Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Streetwise Theology presents Agents of the Silver Screen. That's us, yours truly, here down in my basement. On my pool table, welcome, welcome, everybody. I have with me my brother, Dove. Smells uh, like cat poop down here. Smells like, well, I was going so, It just smells like bums came down here and just dropped a deuce in her cat litter box. <laughs> this is a very colorful commentary uh, that we have here today. <laughs> my brother, Dove, whom... Uh, yeah. His right name is Dave, but I call him Dove. And no. also to my right here, I have I'm just a a, a, so Mr. Joseph Bainey. Welcome, up? sir. Thank you. I'm a self-proclaimed expert on all things life. All things life, yeah. including cat poop and bums? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect the first topic that we talked about <laughs> on this podcast to be Sorry, that wretched th- cat <laughs> I know, it's, it's, fecal it's, matter. It's the first thing that came to my mind. I a apologize. Pox, a pox on that cat. It's 11:32. Okay. <laughs> Let's you let this be, know because the time. we're supposed to just because we were supposed to start at 10, but Luke did a Luke did a really good job of figuring out how to get all this working, so we appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Criticism off the bat. Let's start you off. You did do a really good with, job with uh, what sarcastic. we call a segment. A uh, segment we call Suicide Watch. Um, is where we purposefully go see a movie that we know is going to be bad. Every now and then, we uh, come across a movie that is uh, uh, surprisingly good. And uh, we, we, we enter in with very low expectations, and those sometimes, very rarely, those expectations get exceeded. Uh, now, Dove, you went and saw Tarzan. Tell us about Tarzan. Oh, Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> well, I was recommended to a friend, and again, you know, this is one of those things where if you get, if you're recommended to go see a movie by a friend, I usually don't because they're usually always wrong. This time I did. I was, I was recommended by a friend, and I said, "Well, the preview looked pretty dumb, and it kind of looked like CGI Tarzan out there, like slinging around like Spider-Man and yeah. stuff like that." And I was like, "That just looks really weird and dumb." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and so the, the friend of mine told dumb. me to go see it, and I went, okay, you know what? I'll bite the bullet. I'm going to go see it. It was worse than I thought. <laughs> Great. It was terrible. Okay. Terrible movie. Uh, terrible filmmakers. Um, and I really like Christoph Waltz, and he should never have been in that. Christoph Waltz was in that movie? He was in the movie, yeah. And He's so was Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. I did, I did know that. She was that. actually. Fair, I'll tell she was what, also in Suicide I'll tell you what, though. I will say this about the movie. She didn't like. She, she wasn't like at all sexual in the movie which is surprising which is surprising and you know it was a man running around in loincloth right and that's what um it actually gave the movie appeal i thought she was very beautiful in that movie okay just dressed normal like almost like a missionary's wife in a way you know what i mean just just really not because she's not a plain person but she was dressed that way and she she was very beautiful but the rest of it was like you know it was like something out of a Pocahontas or Bambi or something like towards the end it was like come to me all you animals and we will defeat the evil white men together I mean it was just it was bad I, I, I want to be in the room when these studio people or these producers sit around and say bro 
can, can we make a movie about Tarzan where he like runs with the animals at the end? You know what I'm saying, man? And this is like so crazy. Like I don't even know like well, why he would he, run with the animals. Doesn't he, but doesn't he kind of do that in the animated feature? He doesn't do it with all the animals, but don't like all of the gorillas band together. Well, I think to, the yes. key thing there was but, you said animated. You right, know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so true. That's, well, that, well that, that's a great point too, though, because um, I mean we've talked about this before, but like that's that's the evil of CGI, though. Is that before we had CGI, they used to say, let's do this. And then we say, we could never do that. Yeah. So then, like, it would limit them from dumb ideas. But now that we have CGI. Well, then stop them from making <laughs> the blob. Yeah, okay. <laughs> CGI fair point. for that terrible oh, movie. That, okay, that's okay. Uh, it stopped certain producers, right. I guess, from doing things that would have been bad. And now it doesn't. So now, now, doesn't. They're, now they're like, we could can, we can animate this. They we can, can give do life that. to their like, Let's talk yeah. real life movie. Most of these real life movies are not real life movies. It's just like real life looking animated cg so. yeah and you can tell and, and you know but the thing was like because you're right like i would have been okay with with um with um gorilla banding together which they did but this was all animals yeah we're talking about crocodiles coming up out of the river to join in the fight like well, you know i'm gonna grander. i'm gonna lead this it's pack of wildebeest like a lion king scene right through the town i mean it was <laughs> it was really terrible and and uh just the, the nec where christoph walks is about to to die it's like the Crocs came right at the right moment to help Tarzan. I'm like, okay, guys, this is just so. Did over he? The did top. he? Did he fall off a cliff? Oh, wait, what? Did Did the bad guy fall off a cliff? Or did no, Tarzan? he didn't. Okay, it was more of like a drowning slash crocodile ate him type of a thing. Okay, so the big bad crocodile. But I'll tell you this, Tarzan. So like second. That Indiana dude Jones. was one of the most rippedest dudes I've ever. Like he was <laughs> jacked in that movie, but they had these stupid. Um, uh, vine swinging uh, scenes where they're like going to swing down onto this train. And it's like, okay, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I know this is way over the top and it's already stupid, so why not, right? And so, and I'm like, okay, the vine is probably this long. They're going to swing down onto the train and get on the train. I get it. No, we're going to swing around on the same vine for about 30 seconds and knock all of the, on the moving train and we're going to, on one vine, and we're going to knock all of this guards that happen to be on the top of the train off. Oh, okay. Yeah. With Samuel L. Jackson on my back, Wait, I was Samuel like, "This Jackson, is this is Samuel L. Jackson. This, this is movie? beyond stupid." He is, he's, he is in that movie. Yeah, he's in that. Dude, pretty, there's there's a beyond. lot of big names in that movie. I don't know what they well, were thinking. I, well, that's what I want to know. I want to know why Christoph so, Waltz, Margot Robbie, Samuel L. So many self-respecting actors and actresses allow themselves to be in these movies. Like, are they not given the script until the very end? Like, do they film the whole movie? Know. They're contractually obliga- obligated to sort of be in it after they sign something, and then they read the script and like, oh, this is terrible. Why did I choose this? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's why I say I want to be in the studio or the, the, the room with these people. Fly on the wall. Yeah, and, yeah. and just be like, what, what's going through their head really? I mean, they're just saying, I just just throw it out there. You know, No one's going to notice, you know, and then there's idiots like us who go and see the movie. I was going to say <laughs> I was gonna say this might be all the consumer's <laughs> fault. This might You're legitimately right. be. It's it was my summer. fault. Let's go see a movie. This I give Tarzan one. Oh, <laughs> 0.5 because Margot Robbie's gorgeous in it, and yeah, 0.5 because Tarzan is just really ripped, and it takes well, a lot of work. I was gonna to do say, that. I was gonna yeah. say acting. I was just gonna say like the cast should give it automatically like a decent pointage. Yeah, you got like Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is yeah. awesome. I know. He is good. And I, I, lo- I mean, I guess I'm not surprised Samuel L. Jackson was in it. He kind of is in everything. So. Well, yeah, he, he, yeah, he. It's rare. It's rare. I think for him to like turn down a role. I don't know if he just gets so many offers. Yeah. But it's it seems to me that he it's rare that he gets turned down for a role. Um, my suicide watch was um, and Dove, you actually watched this with me mm-hmm. um, through the looking glass. 
Oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I wanted to hear about this. Um, is Johnny Depp in that one as well? Yeah, that's Johnny, a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. And um, poor Johnny Depp. Uh, Speaking I, of I, actors that will do anything, I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen a sequel make so many side characters irrelevant in one film. I, I mean, they, they they became so relevant so fast. You know, he, she came back into the world and hey, we're all here and we've all you know been hanging out together and we haven't changed. It's kind of like just the same as you left us. And you know, I, I one thing that I love Ooh. about about Pixar, the, the Toy Story. You know, I, you know, hear me sing the praise of the Pixar twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, I think from all three of us, probably. Right? Yes. Yeah. The, the one thing that I loved about Pixar was the fact that when they did Toy Story one, two, and three, they went seamlessly in between each film. They reintroduced the old characters, and they were not irrelevant. They were still irrelevant the whole time, all the way through. Uh, the series every every new film that you saw with them in it you weren't like you weren't like okay what's what's he doing here this is weird you know he's he's not contributing anything never thought that about any of the side well that's characters. true except for I do want to shout out to little Bo Peep who was eliminated in the third she movie. was eliminated but and, that's the thing they couldn't make her relevant so they got rid of her well that's Can we true talk? but also so sad yeah okay like, okay where's it was little so Bo sad. Peep it was and sad. she's gone it's right just, like, but barely got but mentioned. that's their but that's Pixar's dedication to a good film we can't use this character so we're not gonna try to force it that's we're gonna true. get rid of it that's true yeah. Okay, you know, that's fair. And, and and through the looking glass, you know, she pops right back in. First off, it started off with a scene that I was, like, absolutely floored by. And it was Alice fl- uh, um, uh, commandeering a ship through a storm. And it was so running over the top. Running away from bad guys. Yeah, running away from, I guess, Chinese pirates. What? And yeah. it, uh, I'm not making this up. So <laughs> she, she commandeers this vessel. And... She's MacGyvering her way around the, the rocks, right? And it was so outlandish and so ridiculous that I thought she was dreaming. I kept telling Dove, oh, this is good. She's going to wake up any second. This is a dream. She's going to wake up. You know, it's going to be so, uh, you know, it's like, oh, typical. Nope. It's a dream. Nope. Didn't wake you up. Not dreaming. I was the one who had to wake up out of the stupor. <laughs> I had to wake up out of the stupor of, of believing that this was, you know, some sort of like fantasy. It wasn't. It was completely real. But in a way, it's genius because they kept my attention at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, kept in, my in, attention, in the same way, I'm I going, was like, this is, she's going to wake I'm up. I'm like, this is second. so ridiculous that I'm watching it for the sheer shock factor of seeing if they're actually serious about this scene right now. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so, so this is in real life. This is in real like life. It's not she not even in Wonderland. Up. No, she's not in Wonderland yet. This is more outlandish than actually being in Wonderland. Uh, I, 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 I Wonderland was normal. Listen, I know. I submit to you that the Mad do? Hatter made more sense in, in in this world that we inhabit than that reality that they tried to. What they do? They tip the ship, yeah, right? They got the they got the they, they turned down the sails on one side, turned them up on the other, and then it tipped the ship sideways to avoid the, it, like the a, real I, thing I, is who cares. I kind of think that though that might be a great metaphor for movies today. What? That it made more sense in Wonderland than it did. <laughs> yes. it did. Yeah, we just talked about oh. Tarzan. Can we yeah. talk? Exactly. And again, yeah, and again, this is like, uh, and too, because people will probably, you know, people listening to this will be like, it's a movie. That's how they're supposed to go. Right. Yes, and you're right. And and I, and, and I, I do realize that. But there are things, there's over the top, and then there's like really over the top, where right. it's just ridiculous. Right, but and, and, and you feel like they could have done the scene the same way and had the same effect. Yeah, just by it, it seems like so simple that they could do it just so much better than that. There's like better options, right? Right. And still have the same effect that you want to. But have. but again, you can't do that and be a feminist. Okay, but, you can't but, do that. It's impossible. But, okay, you but have speaking, to create this fantasy world. 
Okay, I right. see where you're going. Wait, I was gonna, I was gonna say, speaking of being on the wall, though, there there are being a fly on the wall. There is some part of me that wonders if the top executives, right, the ones that are like being funneled all this yes. money. Yeah. There's some part of me that wonders if they like take bets, like have betting pools, <laughs> like let's put this in a movie and <laughs> see how much money we can make, and yeah. then like that's that's I think that and kind of might be what's fueling. Well, <laughs> a, a great feature about my IMDb app is the fact that I visit it often now for movies that I hate in hopes that the movie lost money. And mm, looks like yeah. it looks like through the looking glass lost. I, I mean, from last time I checked, uh, it was like 170 million budget estimated, and it made like 70 million dollars. So I oh. hope they lost 100. So this was this was a this Except was a for the movie. fact that it's still through Disney, right? And Disney just made like five billion dollars on Rogue One. Yeah, so. I, I think so. Transition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. Well, real quick question. So that movie was worse than you thought, or better than you thought? Well, actually, it was it was better than I thought because I didn't even make it through Alice in Wonderland. I had to turn that one off. It was so boring and irrelevant yeah. and stupid. This one was actually better, and I have to credit um, Sasha Baron Cohen for that. Yeah, I do. He had a he, good, good. Yeah. He, he, oh, he was, he was in this movie. He yeah. was in the movie. <laughs> it was. It was, he was, he was actually. He actually did a good. Yeah, job. Yeah, he did a good job. So I had to. It was I, better I than the him. first one. It really was. Yeah, it was better. Yeah. I credit him with saving that movie, or or making something out of nothing. And uh, when I watched the film, I I saw his character and right away. His character was interesting to me, and the way that he yeah. pulled it off, I wanted to watch him. And Alice was was better too. Her character was better, maybe because she had a one. purpose in this one rather um, than just wandering just nice. around aimlessly. She was a like, little bit more nice. On. She was just a little bit more nice. Had less of a less of a tude. Oh, and, and 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 there there was a great there was a great scene in there. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Wait, what? He he's, played the caterpillar in, for like thirty seconds. Really? Yeah. Was it filmed before? I guess so because he wasn't in the movie for the really? rest of the movie. I didn't yeah. even it was in the beginning. Oh. Alan Rickman, don't you know he was he was the he was the the butterfly? Yeah, but I didn't notice that he was there and then go. I didn't even oh, notice yeah. that oh. in the movie. Yeah, he was. That's sad. Okay, yeah. speaking Wait, of I, there and oh, go ahead. Is Alice? So is Alice through the Looking Glass? An, is that like is that an actual novel? Like uh, through the Looking Glass, yeah, it's through part the look- two. Is it, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah you got, you so got Alice in Wonderland and Alice through the Looking Glass no, are both not, novels. It's not called Alice through the Looking Glass. The novel is through the Looking Glass. Oh, okay. that's that's just what. But it's it called. is based off of a novel. Okay, so they yes. didn't just like create a, no, a no. one. They didn't create one based off the novel, which was Alice in Wonderland, and no. then go oh, let's make a sequel. Correct. No, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did do that, but okay. they but they had to butcher another book to do that. Okay, awesome. which was more outlandish <laughs> than Lewis Carroll could ever possibly hope to imagine. I know, poor <laughs> Lewis Carroll. <laughs> I I feel bad. I, R- I, rip Lewis Carroll. Yeah, as rip well. Lewis Carroll. <laughs> okay, look. First off, all right. Now that we talked about our suicide watches. It's now to go time to go on to the main event. Let's talk about Rogue One. Rogue One. Let's do it. Um, episode. Start. Okay. First off, there's lots of controversy about you know a lot of people just don't know where Rogue One took place. You can consider Rogue One, and I know I'm probably going to get crucified by a lot of Star Wars fans for saying this, but Rogue One is pretty much Episode three and a half. Can we talk? Oh yeah, no, yes. but it's supposed to be though. Yeah, it's it's, it's supposed, supposed to be. be. It's supposed to be. <clears throat> it happens between Episode three and four, in which uh, the death. Star plans are stolen uh, from a imper- uh, from an imperial base uh, by a squad of misfits. Uh, where have we heard this one before? Um, Dove, your thoughts? Uh, well, I, this before? is one of the this is one of the like I'm pretty good with movie trailers. I'm I'm usually pretty accurate, you know. I'm not I'm not 100 percent accurate, but I'm pretty good. We'll and especially, see. and you kind of should be with today's trailers. They reveal so much. I thought this movie was going to be just another a continuation of Force Awakens. Uh, you know, you got another female lead. Um, 
not that that's bad, but it's just that the track record so far yes. has not that been that great. Yes. yes. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this is just Rogue One. This is just, uh, you know, Ray 2, basically. Right, right. And they showed a couple scenes in the preview where it was like, look kind of lame. You know, they had Donnie Yen talking a couple times. I was like, that just looks like a corny one-liner. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. okay. And helmet hitting. We're going to hit, you know... Um, Stormtroopers with sticks and they're gonna be yeah. knocked out oh, because they talk about that. That's, you know. a, that's a big one on my list. <laughs> okay, right, good. Well, terrible. it's good. You know, and I'm, and I'm like, okay, can we get past like the, the the helmet hitting another knocked out? You know, but anyways, it was nice. I thought to see not so many lightsabers. I thought that was that was nice, and it made um, you know when you see too many lightsabers, it kind of lessens the effect of the lightsaber, and you're like, oh, there's another one, you know, and. Um, that, but I, I will tell you that, like, when the lightsaber came out, and I don't want to, like, spoil it, but, well, everybody's seen it. What the heck? Uh, yeah, it, but, spoilers. Okay, let's Yeah, spoiler alert. Stop listening if you don't want to, you know, yeah, hear this. But when, when the lightsaber did come out at the end, I felt like they really delivered on that, and I was satisfied no, with no. I can't I was satisfied with it. And just at the end, when, when, when Vader shows up, and they built it up, I thought, really well towards the end. And they, they, and when he shoot, showed up, I immediately, when the lightsaber came out, I went, it's over. They have no chance. They're yeah, done. Right. They're dead. Right. But they did right. have a uh, okay. okay, hang on a second. Right, 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 yeah. Okay, synopsis. Okay, right. Synopsis. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought it was good. I was entertained by the movie. I thought they had a really cool, uh, the, the scene where they had that, when the, the, using the Death Star weapon. Um. And they won, and they had that explosion, that explosion scene, and the explosion lasted forever. I thought that was a really cool scene. I thought, you know, what? I've never seen that in a movie before. And uh, so, uh, yeah, seven. I would give it a solid seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. It was better than the preview, and I was wrong about the preview. You're saying that was a seven out of ten, really? Yeah, before I said six or seven, I would, I would probably say a seven. Okay. I mean, because I, I did enjoy it. I can't think of too many things I hated about. All right, Mr. Bainey. Bold words. Yeah, okay, yeah, how, much, ahead, how much of this do you want me to get into? <laughs> oh, here? man. Well, right. just, just give us your feelings on the movie, Okay, my so I um, – now, I have been wondering if what kind of a theater you see movies in tends to um, change how you feel about a movie. Yes. Because I am – I. I tend to go to see big movies like this in like an IMAX theater, and yes. this time we didn't. It was like a spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's go see it. So we went to our nearest theater, which is like it's okay, but the sound was I kind think of it's, not it's, nearly it's, as strong. I think it's interesting that such a big movie was ever even seen as a spur of the moment movie. I I, I, mean, I didn't want to see it. So I, so okay. I guess oh, I you didn't even want to see it in the no. beginning. So I guess I should start by saying this. I um I've been thinking from the get go that Disney is gonna just give us crap. Mm. And just use it as a ticket for money. Like they're just. I would agree with that. Seeing Force Awakens, absolutely. So okay, I actually gave Disney the benefit of the doubt, and I said that like episode seven and eight, and maybe like one of the spinoffs will be really, really good, Mm. and then the and then it'll like lose quality over time because they just wanted to print money. And then we can get into the fact that I didn't really, I don't really think either of the two first two have been that great. Yeah. I actually like Force Awakens a lot more than this one. Right. But, I can't, um, can't even believe but anyway, that. But anyway, so, ears hurt so okay, so I am going to say, though, I'm going to say that, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, though, so m- what I did say about this was I was really jaded after Force Awakens, and then I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to give them one chance for these spinoff movies. I was like, I'll go see this. If it's awesome, then I'll continue to see them until they go bad. Mm-hmm. Or if it's bad, then I'm never going to see another one in theaters again. I'll right. watch them, but I'm probably not going to go see them in theaters. The right. spinoff movies. I will see episode eight and nine. Right. Um, and so that was kind of my feeling. And so, yeah, it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. We were like, let's go see a movie. And we were like, what do we want to see? And there was no times for Moana. So 
We went to see Rogue One. <laughs> oh <my laughs> we went gosh. to see Rogue One. <laughs> oh boy. So that's what That was probably better anyway. Yeah, that, probably was. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, it probably was. So I've heard it was really good, actually. So anyway, so we went to see it, um, but the theater wasn't great. The quality wasn't great. The sound really was off, I thought. So that might have hurt it a this little bit. This is irrelevant to the, uh, okay. the story, All my right. friend. All right, irrelevant. So specifically, I thought that the all of the movie like that builds up until the end I think is just trash like I think wow. the, I think I think the I think the acting of the two main characters they're not likable at all wow at the end of the okay. Okay, huge, they could have used some spoilers help. I guess huge spoilers I should I should, I should um I honestly there's a point at the end where they look like they're going to die the two main characters and then they don't they kill the evil guy right and so when they do that I was. I honestly shouted no I, in the theaters. I shouted no. I want them to die. <laughs> wow! Do oh not kill word. all but these interesting side characters and let these two trash main characters live. I shouted like I shouted no in the theater out loud. Athena had to tell me to like be quiet. So even um, though they did die, that didn't satisfy. No, so they did die eventually okay. when they like nuked the whole planet. They died. So then I was right. like, okay, that satisfied. That was one of the better parts of the movie. So <laughs> when the main <laughs> characters died, he's like, this is the best part. <laughs> I just, I just really, I just really thought like the whole, the whole story is based around what Jin and Cassian is that the yeah, yeah that's right Cassian, yeah. yeah. So so it's based around them. So so they actually had interesting side characters. But those interactions are all informed by the interactions between the main two characters, which I just thought was terrible. So I thought the acting was I thought the acting was awful Ooh. for the two of them. I thought the Ooh, acting no. was terrible. I, I thought that so. their I thought their characters were not only so lame, they were so cookie cutter. Like just that whole intro scene where she like sees her mom die. And I'm just like, come right. on, we can't come up with anything else that's remotely interesting. This uh, is uh, okay, offensive. okay, okay, okay. Wow. The, the, the last character that we saw on Star Wars, I submit to you. Um, that was not a cookie cutter. Was okay. probably Obi Wan Kenobi in in the first three episodes. Yeah, okay. That was probably the last. There was no um, person in the uh, episode seven. There's no character that's not a cookie cutter character in I, episode seven. There's also, nobody original. I guess all I'm thinking is they took like 20, 20 years to make the prequels after the first three, and then they took another ten years to start making these. And but I I'm already tired of that. I'm also already tired of the Death Star. There's some part of me that yes. wonders if they had taken this movie and like put it a little bit farther in the timeline when we stopped dealing with Death Stars. But after a Death Star shows up in Force Awakens and you're like, why? Again? Death why Planet. is this happening again? Yeah. Um, Death Planet. After that happens, uh, dealing with the original Death Star again was just uh, totally uninteresting to me. Yeah. Wow. Other things I hated was um, they got Mads Mikkelsen and Forrest Mads Whitaker, Mikkelsen. who are yeah. both who are both decent actors. Right, right. And their characters were actually compelling. Yeah. And then they kill Forrest Whitaker off. He like that actually scene was kind of interesting. He looked yes. he seemed like he was interesting, then they kill him off. And I was literally watching like <laughs> the few things that they did well in this movie die off. Yes. I wasn't honestly mm, upset okay. that he died. I wasn't upset that the character died. Yes. I was like, oh, they already killed Forrest Whitaker off. There goes half the talent in the movie. Yes. And then 20 minutes right. later. Char they, so characters you liked, they killed early, and you would have liked to have seen more well, it of wasn't them. Well, it wasn't even characters that I liked. They didn't okay. give me enough to like the character. It was just the actor's good. So I was like, okay, there's bad acting, bad acting. Oh, Forrest Whitaker's here. He's a decent actor. This is kind of interesting. Oh, he's dead. Okay. All right. So <laughs> also, also left with is Mads Mikkelsen. I really, I really liked Mads in I know. That. I, I thought he looked cool. I love cool. Mads, too. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, great. So we still have Mads, and then they killed him <laughs> off in a really like lame scene, and I was like, all right. Well, I was like, there goes the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so the but you're like, not just that. You're like, please kill off. Please hurry up and you kill off the two main characters. Here. 
What? It can only go down from here. I got they killed off. Mance. Yeah, it was both yeah. times. That's funny. It, both man. times it was. It can only go down from here. I also thought the motivations for the characters, like I thought they were giant plot holes. They essentially get Jin to help Cassian find Forrest Whitaker's character by claiming that they will give her like a free pass. How do the rebels? How can they guarantee a free pass when the Empire has control of the galaxy? Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The Empire's taken sure. over. So how the how the rebels like, we know you have a track record and you could be taken in and captured at any time. We found you in this little tank where they were transporting you as a prisoner. Now you can hide with us. Right. Like exactly. <laughs> like what's a free pass mean? You get yeah. to like chill with the queen, is that yeah. it? Like, <laughs> you get to be her servant? Like what is it what is a free pass? How could they right. do that? It didn't uh, make any sense in the yeah. Star Wars universe, but yeah. yet she uses that to go and find Force yeah. Whitaker's and, character. And okay. from what you were saying earlier, you didn't like the the the, the recycled plot from Saving Private Ryan. It oh, seemed yeah. to be your biggest problem. Well, that is my biggest problem because the ending could have been really good. I mean, it is a really good action. It is a decent action sequence, but they were killing, uh, even when they were killing off the side characters, I was really upset when they killed off K-9. I actually thought he was a really good character, the android. Yes. Or the robot. But the but all yeah. the other characters, they were interesting. They were really compelling, but they just didn't do much with them. Hmm. And then they were dying. And like if you watch Saving Private Ryan, they do so much great character development. Each yes. of these, there are so many yes. like little, like yes. between the really huge war scenes, mm-hmm. the, the end and the beginning, yes. there's so many really cool little interactions that make you yes. love those characters. That's true. You know, and when they die, you're devastated. Yes. Like yeah, when the exactly. sniper dies in the yes, tower, when exactly. he gets blown gotcha. up by attack, devastated. Yeah, those are and good this, points. Like, in this uh, movie, I was never devastated. I got you. Yeah, like the, and the whole time, you're probably thinking about Saving Private Ryan while you're watching this, oh, right? Was, yeah. Okay. And so, and you're right, like, because I, I made the point to Luke, I'm like, because Luke was, Luke was telling me he wanted more character development too right and i'm i'm sitting there going i am giving a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt and i'm going and i'm going dude but you have you have all this and you're trying to cram it all in here how can you get more character development right and but it's a good point to say well they did it in this movie right exactly. they did it in saving private ryan's yes, yes. you know but i mean maybe there was what a half hour extra time length maybe right, right. on that that's a very long movie yeah. right you know and i'm like and i told luke i was like maybe like i know we can but like are we asking too much to try to get too much out no, of no it's disney you know, and, for and crying out loud I, I, I mean they cut a loud fart and a movie comes out for crying out loud, why can't we spend some money on the plot rather than the stupid cgi yeah, for the writers once? come on the yeah, writers can do it we know writers. we they can do it See, they can I, afford them and i felt like i felt like they well, did I, also, I felt like they really did compared to force awakens i thought this was like this was like i mean if this if the character development is still this bad on rogue one i thought it was night and day compared to force awakens arguably arguably it was well hold night on and day. For, force awakens characters or or specific one character because i honestly thought they don't know do all of them I, I i didn't care about i didn't care about han i didn't care about luke i didn't care about anyone i did gotcha. not care about any character thought, in that uh, and and, and i'm not unnostalgic han like i'm not talking about like i love the old han yeah that yeah. han i'm like who's this guy man yeah. I, I i just that well that whole movie that's a whole nother subject i can't right. stand anything in that movie but yeah that, that i'm was, sorry that no it's okay i mean i can terrible. i can cut off too i think i've said the majority of i mean i yeah. have so much to say about this movie what about helmet I hitting mean, huh helmet oh, yeah. stormtrooper helmet so, the, i know <laughs> she's beating storm i like honestly it, you're kind of yeah. like at this point the, the most disappointing part about that right is that technically this since this is between three and four the clone army should still be sort of like prevalent like we do find out later that like the the stormtrooper quality goes down after like the clone troopers kind of yes. end off yeah. and they have yes. to get real people to be stormtroopers the quality goes down <laughs> and apparently the armor quality goes way down yeah. but um but uh, actually that was another plot point too that i thought was the whole 
I it's set. I guess it's set a long, long time ago, but it's a sci-fi movie, kind mm-hmm. of. Like they've, always, I guess they've been more fantasy than sci-fi. But it's set in space, like they can fly around in space. So why can't they transmit something, like that whole transmitter bit at the end where they were like, the well, file is too big. Well, like, see, come I, on, I, we I, can that, compress that, files into. Like, I think, but no, I, I will say this: I think Joey at that point in the movie is there's a point where you go where where it clicks and you go over the top, right? Yeah, and all yeah, you see, fair. all you see for the rest of the movie, this happened in Force Awakens when she started telling Han how to fly the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, at that point, yeah, everything in the movie was okay, terrible. You know, and and and, yeah. uh, and you're right, you are looking, the line. Yeah, you are looking line. for bad stuff. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. uh, but even though they, I mean, I that those are valid points. I well, mean, I mean, here, I, I think, here's what but, I have to say about that. I think the reason that they can get away with nonsense like that is because they qualify by saying a long, long time ago. Yeah, okay. It's a long, long time ago. So, I mean, the the technology wasn't there. So, I mean, anything is justifiable because since it's in a a galaxy far, far away, it's sci-fi and it's also fantasy. So, you can justify any – that's why you have people um, – what was was Luke Skywalker uh, riding around on when he got uh, – The speeder? No, 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 not the speeder – some animal thing. Yeah, the animal when oh, he was yeah. on that frozen planet. What was oh, Jabba? Yeah, yeah. The Jabba Walkie? No, 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 the, no, the Jabba Walkie. Um, the Let's go back to Alice in Wonderland, please. Um, it's it's uh, with a T, I think. The uh, the um, Velociraptor. Tar- 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 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Tar- the, the Velociraptor yes. thing. And, and, with and the, the Velociraptor with hair. The fact that we're not Star Wars fans, but Star Wars observers is showing very badly here. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I we know. Well, yeah, we that, well Joey really. He, well, he he got real nerdy there for a second. But he he got into a little bit of Star Wars like like plot lines. I oh, was like, Tauntaun. wow, that's pretty good. That's it. Tauntaun. Yes. So that's why you can justify Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Going around on an animal when over here you got a speeder that's going ninety miles or gotcha. nine yeah. million miles an hour. You know they got they got light speed, but he's still walking around on a, on a stupid animal. Yeah. So that's why you can justify anything. Anything is just any sort of lack of technology or over technology is absolutely justified. I have a good explanation for that. Hit me. It's too stinking cold for a speeder. You freeze, but you can run around on a slower animal. So you're saying to me that a human being can survive in those conditions, but a machine can't. Because they're riding. No, right? because because you ever rode a motorcycle? You're going super fast. Well, and it's too cold. You, okay, how about a, no, like I, a windshield or dome? I don't or know. Well, like well, they well, can do it in space. Well, I know, but listen, they can't be any colder than space. They, listen, space is negative four hundred degrees. Maybe there's no I speed think, limit. But, wait, okay, I, I get it. But you know, um, I guess I'm assuming they don't have any type of governor. Well, no, like no, a, I like they, they can only go ninety miles an hour or zero. I think I understand what Dev's saying. I think the plan was that you ride the tauntaun, and then like when it gets really cold at night, you kill it and then cut it open and sleep inside of it, like. Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. Oh, yeah. That was, I think, the point. Oh, you can't back. really do that in the speeder. So. <laughs> That's oh. true. I mean, you'd have to turn well, on the heat and the battery might run Well, out. listen, <laughs> but I, I wasn't thinking of the fact, though, that the speeder probably doesn't have just one speed, which is 90 miles an hour. It can probably go 15. You know what? I would just right? take an X-Wing and fly around down there. Have you mean, ever what's seen, wrong with that? Have you ever seen one of those things go, like, five miles an hour? You know, you're going from one tent to the other? No. Like, to give <laughs> cookies to your neighbor out in Star Wars universe? You drop one. I'm not sure if they have cookies out in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's too long ago for that. Here are my questions about the movie. And okay? too long they didn't have the data he, file. They didn't my, have ovens. Here are my questions about that movie. Why did we have to go back to the fact that stormtroopers are just terrible? Why? Why did? Why? Why are we still perpetuating actually, that actually, nonsense? Th- I actually thought that that movie might have 
they actually might have been trying to joke about how terrible stormtroopers are in that movie. Yeah, it they, looked like a joke. You're right. It looked like a joke. They abused them in that movie. They find every it was reason terrible. to abuse them. They they were worse than I've ever seen them in that movie. That was the worst I've ever seen a stormtrooper really? perform. Yes. They were in point blank close court. And I know this has happened before, but this was like, like what you said. It was almost like this running joke that, hey, look, here it is again. They still can't hit anybody. And we're making movies think, here in 2016. But they did, but they did kill think. guys at the end. They did kill the people. Yeah, they've always been killing people been, when it suits kill. the plot. But yeah. when we're talking about realistic interaction with these people, it never happens that they're that they actually get a good shot. Off. And it, it's still it's 2016. We're still perpetuating that. So it's like the, a, the AI went to Nintendo 64 instead of you know PS4. Or how about this? They just kept the AI at Game Boy, and when they could have <laughs> like you know increased it to PlayStation 4. So I, why why are we still perpetuating that? Why can't we respect the stormtroopers anymore? It's it's episode well, three, right? Three and a half, right? So in episode two is when they when they brought out the stormtroopers. So this isn't that far away. This is what, um, I'm pretty twenty sure, years. I'm pretty sure Clone Army was still supposed to be like involved. They weren't all over the place. So we're talking about twenty years and after, and, and we're talking Django Fett. Django, like, Django Fett here. Can shoot things. Come on. Uh, arguably, arguably twenty years after Django Fett. Okay, maybe um a uh, uh, liberal estimate fifty years. Not even that much, because Darth Vader, Vader's still kicking around. So, th- I mean, why are we still perpetuating that myth? I mean, I mean or that that stereotype, you know, of I want to respect these these bad guys, but I can't respect them because they can't hit anything with their stupid uh, uh, blasters. Well, that's part of what makes it so unbelievable at the end, too. Like, I mean, the Nazis were terrifying, and so again, it, right. when you when you yes. go when you go to Saving Private Ryan, like yes. you want to see our soldiers kick some Nazi butt. Yeah. And then you're and there you're just like, okay, well, we have to put camouflage on the stormtroopers in yeah. order to get them to shoot yeah. anything. <laughs> well, you know what though, like, and that's oh, a little bit different. You're right, but the funny thing about Star Wars is, I'm not, I, I, I don't know, I don't really wish that the good guys win because I think the dark side is just so much cooler. Yeah, they've always done that kind of poorly. Speaking of which, though, that was my last issue was Darth Vader. Oh, the Darth Vader scene. Okay, the Darth uh, Vader scene. I'm going to defend this oh, scene. Hold on. I'm going to defend on. it. No, no, no. no you're I want to hear this. I want to hear this. They, yes, I'm just, I am. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> they do the Darth Vader scene really well. Okay. They do it really well. He's awesome. He comes out. He's like he's like um, uh, Michael Myers. Like comes out, terrifying yeah. figure, Puny starts humans. killing people. Yeah. Awesome. Right. However, the only issue is is that they still get away with it, and they technically have to. But this oh. whole thing where they the door jams, but he still hands him the hard drive through the door and they're able to to blast off before Darth Vader stops them. If you can't tell me this dude's blocking bullets and he doesn't see the hard drive and just like use the force to pull it over. Okay, okay. Like, listen, okay, listen, listen, I'm going to defend that scene and here we go, okay? First off, Darth Vader does not have force knowledge, okay? He just doesn't know everything. Secondly, he comes onto the ship blind as a bat. He doesn't know what he's coming into. He doesn't know that they have the plans. He just knows that they're that they're out there doing something wrong. So when he comes in, he doesn't know that that guy has the plans to the Death Star and he's handing it. For all he knows, he's handing a love letter to his lost wife Again, back that, in Tantooine. No, because he, he does know that he's, he's there to stop them from doing that. That's what yeah, he but he doesn't that. know that they have it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. Right. I mean, he okay. walks onto the ship and he, he has no idea what's going on. So he sees a bunch of rebels, so he just starts killing them. Okay, that's uh, that's fair, but again, they should have done the scene differently because what they do do is the door won't open at all when he steps onto the ship and starts killing people, and then it opens a little bit, and then the guy's like, oh, take this, take this, for like uh, like a really long time. What they should have done is Darth Vader, like the door opens, Darth Vader walks out as soon as the guy hands the other guy the hard drive so that we get like Darth Vader still killing people. Yeah, but people. then we wouldn't get the cool lightsaber through the door scene. 
Yeah. That's the thing. That's that, you can, you can, I mean, if that's... Also, can we talk about Leia and the digital CGI face? They also <laughs> did it to the other guy. I hated that. Sorry. <laughs> that was just another thing that I hated. Another oh. thing you should never do with CGI is make fake faces for people who are too old. That are dead. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, well, it was a de- well, I mean, I, I actually didn't mind that. I mean, I oh, was. Oh, I hated that. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't mind I that. Think, I think. Okay, what are you going to do? Dude, do it, man. What are you going to do? At this point, baby, I'm, man, it's all terrible. I think, I, it's I just, say, it's think, all of it. I think Dove might be right. There was some point in the movie where I cracked, and I was like, I've had enough. I've had enough of all of this garbage. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Well, see, to me, I like it. You couldn't get worse than episode seven. So you only had up to go from there. I did not think it was worse than episode seven. First off, you had interesting characters. Can we talk? Mads Mikkelsen himself, as soon as he shows up on the scene, he's an interesting. Was, they, that movie suffered from the same thing that that terrible movie. I, I, I hesitate to even mention this movie, but it is uh, Kingdom of Heaven. They killed off Liam oh, Neeson was, in the right. first twenty and minutes. He was the coolest. Oh, wait, he was the coolest character. Wait, but wait a minute, you want to talk about Godfrey. killing off people? That also reminds me of Godzilla. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when they uh, they get on Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I, that's why I went to see that movie. Yes. And then like <laughs> Brian Cranston was dead yes. in yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, another right. another guilty movie Spoiler. is is and I hesitate to say this says hesitate to bring this name upon my lips is Aragon, okay, Brom, right? Oh, uh, Jer- yeah. uh, Jeremy Irons. They they killed oh, him in the first yeah, or half, and then and then the movie was over dude, for me. It was man, like dude. I don't care. Jeremy Irons is the man. You pulled that out of there, man. Blast from the oh, past. Oh, Aragon. Yeah, but I actually read those books. Those books are decent, but the, uh, I like loved those books. And I watched. I actually watched 15 minutes of that movie. My whole family like wanted to watch it. Right. I watched 15 minutes, and being an avid book reader of that series, I was like, oh. no, this is terrible. But um, yeah. So uh, so so this movie suffered from the same thing. They killed off the most interesting. First off, I don't think yeah, I Forrest Whitaker was an interesting character at all. I thought he was like we're supposed to assume that he's this great man, but he just walks on okay. scene, and we're so, supposed right, to assume right off the bat without any that's evidence. That's true, but he, to me, he, he, he's on. half cyborg. That's true, but to me, that part, like the part, I would, I wasn't even necessarily saying that he was an interesting character, but that that scene was the only one that actually interested me. Oh, so okay. like right. the scene where they they have the que- the like the really weird Lovecraftian creature suck out the guys brains right yes. like, right that right, was right. cool that was that to me is like star wars like that's right, when yes. it gets cool yes. and so the se- the fight scene i mean again the beating the stormtroopers with a stick was ridiculous but like when the actual like half jedi guy comes out and fights and his friend comes out and helps him like those were some interesting okay these are star wars esque like scenes yes. and so and i thought that they could have developed forrest whitaker's character into something interesting but instead he's just yeah. like a remnant and then he dies and yeah like, and what yeah, right. he wasn't interesting but again there was acting talent there that just like well i i think that this movie demonstrates first off my uh, it, it if there's anything good that came out of this movie for me was the fact that i love mads mickelson now because if for him to walk in there and make something out of nothing like what he did and when he died, I was like, I knew he was going to die, but I was like, there goes the most interesting character. And well, he's had some of the least amount of screen time. Well, and and yeah. after, it was over, after it was over, I was like, Mads Mikkelsen is such a good actor that I cared about him more than anybody else in this film. And he's only been on the screen for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, my favorite my favorite thing that to me epitomizes like w- this movie is that um, I saw uh, there was this thing about he did a he did an interview right for the movie for Star Wars and in the middle of the interview opened <laughs> he opened a full bottle of vodka and oh, just wow. started drinking it. Oh my gosh. But like, but the reason like I, I think that that's <laughs> funny because he he obviously could tell how terrible this movie was. Like right. to me, like that was like his endorsement. <laughs> oh my gosh, Joey, man, baby, this is like man. That's funny. I, thought, I honestly think that the movie, like, the, he's like, he's stuck doing Star Wars, and he's like, I can't believe my career has come to this. Not only, and not only that, but but bad Star Wars. 
So I all right. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna end my rant here. Uh, my tirade here. I'm gonna end my tirade here by saying that I gave this movie uh, a four out of ten. Okay. Um, and I I so see three points away for okay. And I see and I see um I see, I'm stuck between a three and a four, but I'll give okay. it a four. But okay. I, and I see I see Force Awakens as a six out of ten. So. Yikes! Yikes! Gross. just just briefly defend Force Awakens oh because we talked yeah, about this. You've got three we, seconds. All right. oh, I, I didn't love the movie, but but again, I do I do think yeah oh I do gosh. think the I do think the characters are interesting. I think Ugh. from the start of the movie to the part where um, Ray gets captured, that the movie is actually interesting. Kylo Ren is scary. Um, yeah. I liked I love the whole John Boyega as like is a stormtrooper and then doesn't want to be one anymore. I love that. I like to me that actually gives the stormtroopers a lot of credit. Um, I like the the fighter pilot, even though he doesn't have a get a lot of like character development. And I like Ray, honestly, I like Ray. And then it all uh, goes and then it all goes crazy when she gets captured and then she's just using the force right. randomly. And yeah, it, uh, like once she gets captured, I know. Yeah, I, got, I hear yeah, you. Gonna go into I just, I just wanted to defend it because I think, I think the movie, I think the movie is, podcast. I think the movie is Star Wars. Like it, it really is Star Wars for like that part of the movie. And then once she gets captured, yeah. it all goes. And uh, listen, I'll listen, say I'm yeah, not gonna, uh, we're not gonna end there. this segment no, with I, a positive on a positive note about episode seven. Okay, oh, I know that. That's why I'm saying. And this final thought on just on on Rogue One. I like You're the fact... You're dooming our podcast right from the get-go, though, by, by trashing this much Star Wars. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, with, with Rogue One, I, I really did like the fact that everyone died. Simply, yes. be, simply because you don't see that in Hollywood ever. You don't see any movies like that ever. <laughs> where, where all the lead characters, everybody just dies, and the only one that's living is Darth Vader. I'm happy yeah, with that. The, I like it. But the it. thing is, is that it references not only... It references not only um, Saving Private Ryan, but a lot of like good war movies like Braveheart. I, I'm, I'm spoilers for all these good war movies if you haven't seen them. But right. like Braveheart, Mel Gibson dies, Glory, like they all die. Yeah, that's true. Like so, there's a lot of these really great dramas out there that are awesome movies, yeah. and it tries to mimic them, and it does it so badly. They're all pretty that's old. That's why I hate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think I, that's why I hate it so much. Uh, to, to, to wrap up the conversation about episode um, Rogue One. I, I'm severely disappointed that you have unlimited free reign on an original story and characters, <laughs> and you just blew it. You just completely yeah. blew it. And, and Rogue One or, or Force Awakens? I'm talking about Rogue One. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Rogue so One. You're what's your, uh, what's your, 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 uh, what do you give it? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I give it a three and a half out of ten. Oh, he gave worse it lower than, than me. me. Well, because because the rewatchability okay, of it. Okay, I'm going to a three. I'm going back. I'm going down to a wow. two. All right, that's I, right. I, I, that's I, right. You heard it here first. Rogue One and The Choice got the same rating. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is what I'm saying. The rewatchability of it is a huge effect for me gotcha. on how I, I I view a movie and. I'm never probably I'm probably never going to sit down and watch this movie again. Oh, what never. did it? Co- uh, my question is always, what did this contribute that no other movie has? Nothing, nothing. It yeah. had contributed nothing. We've seen this plot it just before. Mimicked. We've seen these characters before. It just mimicked. Yeah. And you had you had thirty years of of prep time, arguably, to think about this and do something with it. You had unlimited free reign. You took the reins away from George Lucas. So you could say, "Hey, we're going to do this," and George Lucas says, "You know how, how you, they they say jump." George Lucas says, "How high?" So you have all these writers sitting in a room. You can do whatever you want, and this is the best you got. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. So that it takes points like off. It sounds like you're talking about Force Awakens, not Rogue One. Well, Force Awakens. Stuff. Okay, look on a scale of one to ten, when I gave something a one, 
I say this movie is bad. I don't like it, and neither should you. If I give it a two, I, I'll say I don't like this movie. I can, I understand if if you don't share the same sentiments sentiments. But if I give something a one, I'm saying I don't like yeah. it, and you should not like it either. Episode seven is a one. I don't like it. Nobody should like it. And if you, my friend, are out there and you are a Star Wars fan, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Do not call yourself a Star Wars fan and give Episode Seven any kind of praise. There, I said it. I'm willing to defend it to the death. That is a <laughs> hill I am willing to die on. Oh, my. Anyway, Can we move moving on? on to the next segment. Okay. Lists. We're going with lists. This uh, month, we decided to go with greatest villains to hit the silver screen. Ooh. Now, you can you can justify. Obviously, we had time to think about this because this required a lot of meditation. Um, yeah, you really can tough. justify these villains any way, uh, shape, or form. Now, if you say the Joker um, is the greatest villain to hit the silver screen, you have to justify some sort of um, form that Joker took on the silver screen. But you can't be like, um, Joker's the greatest villain because I read a comic book about him. No, okay, you can't do that. Okay, we're talking Movie about related people that have been on the screen. In the screen. Okay, Got you it. can't yeah, justify actually, Heath Ledger Joker, which I know you're going to do. Um, and I understand <laughs> yeah. why. I understand uh, why. Yeah. Uh, but you can't say, well, he, he's great because he represents the ultimate. Uh, uh, he represents the comic book Joker. I'm not going to accept that. He because, doesn't actually. Right, so. right. right. Yeah. So yeah. I know you're ready for that, but I'm just bringing that up as an example. That makes sense. All right, Joseph, let's go with your... Actually, don't start with me because oh, I actually want to hear you. what you guys have. Okay. Oh, man. Look at that. He defers. Right, fine. I'll go first. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't okay. Mean to defer. I'll go first this time. Greatest films to hit the silver screen. Um, wait, I, wait, wait. Do, do they know it's top five? Did you say top, top five? five. Okay. Top, top five. Top five. Are you going to specify what? According to Luke. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to justify these. Um, uh, the top four, I'm going to say, are, are subjective, but I'm going to argue that number one is, is objective. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is why I wanted to start with you. But also, <laughs> uh, are you going to start from five and go I'm going to one? start from five okay, and go cool. to one. Um, okay, so here we go. Greatest Villains uh, to Hit the Silver Screen, a short story by Luke. Here we go. Greatest villains. Number five um, is uh, a relatively unknown villain, but I have to say him because Dove and I have talked about this before. Uh, number five is a one Harlan DeGroote, played by Woody Harrelson from Out of Ooh, the Furnace. Oh, good. Good villain. Good choice. I had to say this because uh, a mark a of a good silver screen villain is the fact that every time he's on screen, I'm uncomfortable. I'm hmm. scared. Hmm. Um, there and, and uh, I talked with you about this, Joey, before I think about um, there are roles that I feel like actors are just born to play. Yeah. And I feel like uh, when I see a certain actor, um, when I see a certain actor, I look at that actor and I judge him forever by that role that he played. Um, like, for example, I think Brad Pitt doesn't act in the Ocean series. To me, he's just being himself. Yeah. I think that's how Brad Pitt is all I the think time. That's most of them, actually. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so every every actor to me, um, like uh, uh, Johnny Depp and Donnie Brasco, that's how I think Johnny Depp is all the time. And I know this is probably not true, but they do such a good job acting that they've convinced me that this is how I am twenty four seven. So when I watched Out of the Furnace, I, I I look at Woody Harrelson. I'm like, you can't tell me that he's not like that all the time. You know, he really? he's not acting. He was. That's nasty. how he really that was, is. He was so scary, and he did he such was, a good job. Yeah, he was, he was actually, phenomenal. I actually was wish that Woody Harrelson would play more villains. 
Yes, because he I doesn't. Think he's, I think he's really good at it. Right, he is. He, he does it. He, yeah. he demonstrated in that movie he likes, perfectly. He likes to play characters that are like morally ambiguous, but he doesn't play villains. Right. Yeah, he was, right. was yeah. anti heroes and all he that. He was scary yeah. in that. He was, he was unbelievably scary yeah. in that movie. Every That's time he was really on screen, I just was not comfortable. And I was actually scared of him. My honorable mention in that um, category, number five, would be Boggs, uh, played by Mark Ralston from Shawshank Redemption. Another character oh, who okay. I was yeah. just, every time he was around. Was number mm-hmm. four, you said? He was num- no, he's honorable mention for that, oh, for number mention. five. Okay. That I, every time he was around, I was just like, this guy, he, 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 I'm scared of him. I'm, I'm scared of this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, um, good choices. Those are great. Okay, uh, number four. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I didn't have an honorable mention for this one because I couldn't think of one. Uh, but number four would be Biff, played by Thomas Wolfson from Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I have oh, to say Biff because um, I think he represents a bully that we all know in in our life. That person. Uh, it's interesting that Biff, um, Marty McFly, never defeats Biff. Never. He's always running from him. Um, he gets uh, he gets chased in um, and beat up in uh, Back to the Future Part One. Back to the Future Part Two, he gets beat up again. And uh, uh, Back to the Future Part Three. Um, he gets drug around by the horse, uh, by a horse, um, and and doesn't he ultimately get defeated by Doc Brown in Back to Beach? Beach oh, Future I, don't, Part I don't three. Remember. I forget who defeats I Beef three Biff. Forever, so. um, yeah. It's been a while, so it might have actually been Marty McFly. But consider the fact that he had not did. I mean, it was in Episode One. It was uh, George McFly that defeated Biff. Marty never did. He never defeated him. Um, you know, and there are those people in our lives. I think Biff is a rep- good representation of those people in our lives that are just bigger and stronger than you, and they're always going to beat you no matter what you do. And I think he's a great villain uh, in that respect. I didn't have an honorable mention for that one. He's good. That's good. Uh, number three um, is a little stereotypical, but I had to I had to go with her. Um, and Dove, you might have her on your list. Uh, Maleficent, mm. played for, uh, played by Eleanor Audley uh, from Sleeping Beauty. And I'm not talking about. Um, Angelina Jolie. Okay, I'm talking about <laughs> the original OG. Um, there, um, a lot of people. I'm surprised. I've seen the the top um, lists on YouTube of greatest Disney villains, and she's not number one. Uh, my question is, how many Disney villains can can say this? You are a disgrace to the forces of evil. None. She's the only one who said that. She said you're a disgrace to the forces. I mean, and she says when she turns into the dragon. Uh, now, my dear prince, you shall deal with me and all the powers of hell. What other Disney villain can say she, that? Yeah, she's, she's great. the worst. She's great. she is the ultimate example of good versus any uh, good versus There's evil. There's nothing good in her. There's nothing good. She, she lives black, black heart. She lives to you, further the the <laughs> the destinies of all that is wicked. Yeah. Oh. So, do you like her because she owns her evil? Like she actually yes. Really to it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whoever that lady. Ambiguous. There's no. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah. Yeah, like not like in uh, the new uh, Sleeping Beauty, yeah. the live action yeah. one. Where she's like got this like twins. No, oh, no, no, she's no, just no, misunderstood. No, no. no, there's nothing misunderstood about this character. She's the ultimate evil. Um, you know, represented by the uh the most basic story we all know. The night storms the castle, defeats the dragon, saves the damsel in damsel in distress. She represents that that character perfectly, and um uh you know she brings that character to uh an uh you know she's she has no identity crisis. She's evil. She's wicked. She must be destroyed. Yeah. And and that's exactly and what they was, do. That evil dying, good endure. It came great. down to good versus evil. It's great, and she's very entertaining to watch. Yes, and yeah, Everything. and not to mention very scary. Yeah. This, yeah, when she meets it, when yeah, when 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 Aurora meets her upstairs in the spindle right there. Oh, yes, that was that was that was, scary that was scary. I know. 
Um, okay, and my honorable mention uh, from that one was Sir Guy of Gisborne uh, from uh, the uh, Robin Hood uh, back in the 30s, uh, Errol Flynn Robin Hood. MGM Robin oh, Hood. Right? Yes, MGM Robin Hood, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to say him uh, in that category. Again, the, the, the stereotypical villain, you know, just lives to destroy the bad guy. I mean, the good guy. You know, the, the, the best antagonists live to destroy the protagonist. Um, so number two, and w- yeah, and it just had mentioned about that. You could tell too at the the last fight, he had enough of Robin Hood. Right, he had had yes. enough of Robin Hood. Yes, and he w- he was going to kill Robin Hood that night, or Robin Hood was going to kill him. One of them was going to die, and yes. that made the scene so much better. Yes, it did. Uh, number two, I going with um, Edward Longshanks, played by Patrick Ooh. McGowan. In Braveheart, um, the thing that I loved about him, uh, he was such a dynamic villain. The some of the best villains are dynamic. You're not necessarily afraid of them, um, they, but they you just love to watch them. I just love to watch him. You know, <laughs> begging your pardon, sire. Won't we hit our own troops? He's got some good. Well, yes, <laughs> but hit theirs as well. <laughs> we have reserves, and then he goes attack. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> you know, that that's such a good uh, villain. Attack. You know, the, the, yes. Like, the problem is Scott. He looks, at, he looks at his right-hand man like, are you a yeah. complete moron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we're going to shoot into our own troops, you idiot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, the problem with Scotland is that it's full of Scots. You know, I mean, th- this villain, <laughs> he's such, a, he's such uh, a dynamic villain, you know, that you can't decide whether you hate him or you love him. I mean, at the end, obviously, you hate him. He's such a good bad guy. So well acted. Uh, and, and the fact that I've never seen Patrick McGoon before and haven't seen him since um, just says, like, where did this fresh of breath air come from? This guy is a genius. Um, you know, he played fresh. such a dynamic villain that was, you know, <laughs> What advice would you give me on the present situation? I know, I know. <laughs> we could go forever on I that. I have scene. a comment about that. Yeah, yeah. fresh, um, fresh of breath air. I like it. Yes. Oh my God. Um, so fresh of breath air. Uh, so just uh, an absolute pleasure and joy to watch. And my uh, honorable mention uh, on this one. I know there's a lot of people out there who would say this. The next villain I'm about to say is better than Patrick McGowan. But uh, to me, I think Patrick was better. Is um, the honorable mention would be Colonel Hans Landa, for, uh, Christoph Waltz from Inglorious. Uh, Inglorious yeah, Bastards. I've actually yeah, he did never a good job. seen Inglorious. Um, okay. And I like um, I, when I was composing this list. Uh, Athena said to me, she was like, "Oh, Christoph Waltz." Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Seen that? And I was he like, was pretty nasty it. in that movie. Well, he he was another very good. dynamic villain yeah. in 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 that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, just an incredible bad guy. Kind of put him on the on the on the scene for Hollywood, like as like, okay, this guy is real. He's for real. After that, he was in um, all these other movies, uh, Tarzan notwithstanding. So, but that's the kind of that's the first one I saw him in. He does a good, he does a good he was job. Actually, he actually wasn't too bad as a bad guy in that one either. Okay, well, but. he I don't think he can play a bad role at all, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's such a he's such a dynamic actor. Um, and number one, okay, um, um, the honorable mention here. Here we go. Honorable mention here is. Uh, you do an honorable mention first for yes, number one. Yeah, yeah for number sense. one. Um, I'm gonna go with Commodus, played by Joaquin Phoenix okay. from Gladiator. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. Good. I, I, I didn't even think of good. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, that's the, a good one. The uh, uh, the best villains. Um, I mean, it comes down to a a, a question for me: uh, What makes the best uh, a villain the best? Do I hate him? Do I love him? Or am I scared of him? And I think I have to go with the first one: I hate him. That makes the best villain. I want to go in there and I want to actually physically do something about this 
the best villain stir you to action. When I'm scared of a villain, I'm not really stirred to action. When I love a villain, I'm not really stirred to action. But when I see somebody I hate, I actually want to go into the movie and strangle them to death. Mm-hmm. And so my number one pick, uh, greatest, uh, objectively speaking here, and I'm willing to defend this, and, and I understand you probably people... probably will have to. So. I, yes, I will. I'm going to go with number one, Colonel William Tavington, uh, played by Jason Isaacs from The Patriot. Oh, yeah. Greatest villain all time to hit the silver screen. Wow, I'm uh, surprised you picked that one. Uh, I mean, he's... A, he, okay, go ahead. Um, not only does he represent a personal enemy um, of uh, family, but he's also a corporate enemy of freedom. So it, it, it relates to me on an American level and on a <laughs> Christian level. So. Yes, yeah. this guy represents more than just a personal thing. He's not only against my, me and my family, he's also against my freedom. And I, I've talked to people before, and you know, one person said to me, she said, um, you know, I've never had my blood boil over a fictional character before like I had with him. You know, yeah. you just yeah. want to go. You actually want to go into the film and strangle him. You know, you hate him so much that, you know, it's hard to watch again when he kills his son and when he kills his other son. Dude. And then he makes fun of him. You know, hey, did he die? Hmm? That boy, that stupid Dude, boy. You he know? was ruthless. Yeah, he, he was killed ruthless. two of Benjamin Martin's sons right. and his daughter-in-law right, right after the wedding. Right. And all of his friends. Right. I, I'm not willing to say that he's the most stereotypical one because some people might say, well, the most stereotypical is the greatest because then he influenced everybody else. I'm willing to say that this person, I think, is the most hateable person to ever enter in on the silver screen, and that's why he's the greatest villain. Jason Isaacs, of course, an amazing actor. Wow. Always playing, um, I mean, usually playing a bad guy, and he plays it so well, uh, as demonstrated in the Harry Potter films. But there you go. That's my top five, Dove. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was really good. Was really I, good. You know, it's funny. I thought about Tavington. Yeah, he was on my list of nineteen. I started broke this down from nineteen down to five. All right. And uh, you know, he's more of an honorable mention. I only do one honorable mention. I'm not going to do one for each one. Okay. Um, but my list, I had to break down because like, there's a difference between like, you you could argue, okay, some villains that hit the silver screen. And there are kind of like iconic villains out there that are kind of the greatest out there in the yes. world of movies. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even people that you've never watched before from movies of old that, yes. you know. So I was like, okay, I'm, I can't break it down from that. Like right. people that like you have to and, take and into And you're talking account. about the originals like Bela Lugosi, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein. That these kind people of stuff. Like, and you have to think about, well, if you go down that road, you have to think about worldwide popularity. How popular is this villain in the right. world out there? So, you know, right. so when I had to go through this, I had to go, okay, I had to really separate it into – really dave saints like what what i like about villains and like what are my yes. you know kind of top five villains that mm-hmm. i think hit but i think all of them still could make a case for the greatest ever at the same time so okay. Ooh, okay um so i really enjoy i'll tell you this i really like ruthless no good in you type of villains i really like them and i really like villains that are funny and ruthless Still no good in you, but you're amusing to me. You you right. you 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 know you kind of make fun of the main character sometimes. Wisecracks and one-liners, and they're funny. And and uh, and so this the list reflects that. And and I love when there's some type of a switch or a click, and the villain goes ape crazy yes, and starts yes. the bloodshed happens. And there's no right. jokey, yes. no jokey, jokey anymore. Yeah, like changed. I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna do yeah. something, you know. And right. so I really so this list reflects that as well. Okay. So number five. On my list of greatest villains that hit the silver screen, Agent Smith. Agent I was going to say, the fact that Agent Hugo Smith was not, it wasn't even in your honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, man, look at Joey. I, I, I'm willing to, to defend that, but go ahead. Okay. okay. You didn't and have an honorable mention for four? It couldn't have been a- Agent Smith? He, he's not like Biff. 
You know, uh, I, I oh, mean, you okay, well, you listen, comparing? I, okay. I was, I'm, right. I mean, each, each, each number had the kind of like their own category of why it yeah. chose. Yeah, no, listen, yeah. we can, we can argue okay. about my list all we want, but let me finish here. Just, so, okay. Sorry. okay, so just, and I wrote down why, and, and, uh, <laughs> right. And so he was amusing and very ruthless. And uh, he would make fun of Neo sometimes, which I enjoy. He's like, always using the right muscles, muscles except, except the, the one. most important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, he, and he's iconic because we still say statements from him. We say Mr. Anderson. He yeah. has a great name, Agent yes. Smith. That's yes. all. Yes. You know, we don't. And he's just and he's just nasty. And that's what? A, and, and can I say real quick, Dove? That's why I said um, agents of the silver screen. Because agents from the Matrix, that's why. I Is that what you that said? That. Oh, very nice. Okay, yeah, and um, and I think there was especially a scene, and this is why, just not why he's good, but why the Matrix is good. You know. Uh, there was a scene where you realize that this is for real and this guy's legit. And it's when he beat up Morpheus in the bathroom. Yes. That scene yeah. took the viewer away from this karate high flying thing. He Morpheus and Neo just fought. We're sitting there going, wow, that was awesome. But it's still very fantasy land mm -hmm. when he beats up Morpheus in there and it was ugly and it was nasty. It brought, brought us all into the real world of, this is who this dude is. Yeah. And you had that in your brain when Neo fights him at the end. Mm. You know what he did to Morpheus, and it just made it that much better, I right. felt. So, um, yeah, that. And, uh, yeah, that's the thought that you have with Agent Smith. So, number five, Agent Smith. Number four, King Edward the Longshanks. Okay. He was definitely on my list. Yes. And uh, it's, it's a love-hate with him. You know, he was very amusing. Yes. I don't care who you are. You're out there listening to this podcast. What he did was wrong when he threw the gay guy out the window. That is called murder. But you, you all admit, and I'll admit, we all liked him a little bit better when he did that. <laughs> and, when, and when he beat up his son, we all liked him a little bit better. And, 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 uh, and, and that scene where he just says, where he goes, he says something about his son where he's like, one, one look at him will encourage a yes, villain yeah. to take over the entire country. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's just the guy was yes. great. And he was incredibly ruthless. All he wanted to do was kill... Um, was kill William Wallace at the end of his life. No mercy in him. But he was one of those guys that I enjoyed because he was funny yes, and ruthless yes. at the same time. Uh, and you get a lot of good good quotes from him, I think. Um, and some of this, his noticeable, really horrible things that you really hate, well, you hate him. Yeah. Prima nocta. Yeah. Let's right, talk right. about prima nocta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is when you go, I hate this guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And yes. then he throws the gay out the window. Then you go, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's number four on my list. Number three. Captain Hook from the movie uh, I Hook, I Dustin, Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. By far, number. I mean, Dustin Hoffman's greatest performance ever. There, yes. There's no question. Yes. And he was scary because you remember the first scene when yes. I was a kid watching yes. that first scene with the yes. with the with the hook going through yes. the wall up yes. the stairs. Yes. Taking the kids, scary. And, and and then they come in. The housemaid's like, and the children. The children were screaming. Oh, right. yeah. It's like the oh my, scary. Oh Captain Hook came to and so and then, and then it's he turn takes, on some lights around yeah, here. Yeah, and then he takes Jack, right? Brainwashes Jack. Yeah. Right. All because I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. I'm like, yeah. finally, thank you. Yeah. This would not even work in a modern movie today. The right. word hate? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. He hated Peter Pan so bad. And so and but he was also very funny mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie until Rufio. Rufio. Where Rufio makes fun of him, then he just straight up kills Rufio. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy, ruthless, maniacal, yes. murderous, funny villain played by an awesome actor in Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, so Dustin I love Hoffman them. Awesome. Captain Hook. Um, number two, yeah. 
Commodus, Gladiator. Yes. Uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Never, there's no villain I hated more than Joaquin Phoenix. And I just was wishing, as Luke said during this whole movie, I'm going, would someone just please kill this guy yes. already? He yes. murders his dad. Yeah. That's the first thing. He's just horrible. He murders his dad, first of all. Mm-hmm. Murders, uh, uh, you know, what's his name? Russell Crowe's family. Right. But when you really hate him, when you really start really badly is when he talked about their deaths to him. Oh, yeah. Remember when he's talking about, you know, yes. you're, they tell me that. Yeah, yeah, And he right. just goes off. You just want him to die at that point. Yes. And then another point you want him to die is when he's being a pervert to his sister yeah. and saying, you're uh, going to yeah. provide me with an heir. And, and then you just want him and, to die. And on and top it, of that, suggest to being a pervert to her son, to his own nephew. Yeah. Which is not surprising given the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but I actually had this thought after the movie was over and I left, I hated him so much. And I had this thought in my head. I'm like, if I hate this guy this much, they did a really stinking good job yes. of making a really good villain because yes. I really hate this guy. And that was the, the thought I had. Yeah. So that's number two. Okay. Because I hated him. So he was not funny. Right. But he was just bloodthirsty animal. Anyway, number one. Number one. Luke could probably guess who this is. No, you can't. Can Ra- you really? Radigan. Uh, yes, it is Radigan. Radigan. From the Great Mouse Detective. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Joey's like, are you kidding me? Okay, yeah. here's why. Listen, I can't. I don't know. I can't make a case for the greatest villain ever with this guy. But here's the thing: I was never more scared of any villain in my life than when I saw him switch at the end of that. Yes, that. Um, what a great scene! That movie, underestimated Disney film. When, absolutely. When, when do you remember this, Joey? Or yeah, no? I'm trying to recollect. So okay. I've seen it. I just, when I was a like kid. Like I said, underrated. Like I said, underrated. When well, I was, maybe. When I was <laughs> a kid. I, like like, I remember watching it as a kid, and maybe, actually, I, I might need to go back and watch it now, because now there's a part of me that wonders if that scene is scary enough that that's why oh, I don't watch it anymore. Professor Radigan. Yeah, it's actually Professor There's a Rattigan. lot of messed up scenes but, in that but, movie. But he's, and he, the whole time, he's jokey, and he's funny. And he has a lot of good quotes and stuff like that, where yes. he's just funny, uh, all this yes. stuff. Until Basil gets him at the end and he just clicks and goes crazy. And and it was absolutely scary. Um, it's the most scared I've ever been of any villain that I've ever seen since. And here's and here's a big reason why I have him at my number one. That scene still bothers me. Oh. Even today when I watch him like go and look and that Disney did such a great job making yes. him look like a rat. Yes. He's running up through the clock like a yes. rat. So yes. the, the, you know, and then you see the scene where you show his hand and all these claws come out and yes. he just starts ripping Basil to shreds. It's violent, just yes. killing him. Yeah. And it's a Disney cartoon for kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching this and Basil can't do anything. He's helpless and yeah. he's killing him. Right. And, and 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 Basil is dying, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I am scared. Like yes. this guy scares me. Right. And to this day, when I watch it, it's still a bothering scene. So yes. for me, maybe not out there in a silver screen, but for me in my life, yes. <laughs> Professor Radigan, number Professor one Radigan. villain. Thank you very much. I'm done. Hmm. Awesome. And it's very fitting that he was played by Vincent Vincent Price, who had a very long yeah, history with horror films. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Bainey. Right. Okay, so um, uh, the way I'm going to do it is give you my top five, and then I'll do some honorable mentions at the end. Okay. Can I have one honorable mention before you go? One honorable mention. Yeah, you had one honorable mention. I can't believe you haven't mentioned this, Luke. Because this this guy, I had a real hard time getting this guy off my top five, and it took me a long time of good 15 minutes of thinking. Sid, Toy Story. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> honorable mention, and I had a really tough time with that one. Yeah, yeah he was a great Sid. bad guy. Great bad guy. 
This is ludicrous. Hey, Bozo, you got any brains the, 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 the worst part, The worst part, too, when you're like, this is a bad kid, is when his sister starts to tell on him. Yes. Goes, She's lying. Yes. Whatever, Whatever she, she says, says is not, not true. true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all know a Sid, man. We all grew up with that kid. Yes, sir. Yes, we well, he also, like, always – I guess to me, anyway, he always represented, like, someone you knew. Yes. Like, in your life. Yes, we all knew Sid. <laughs> you know, always, I always knew a kid He's like relatable that. to like, some like, kids. Uh, yeah, right. every, like, every grade in elementary school and middle school, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so okay. the way mine works, just briefly, is that a lot of times uh, most of these villains for me are ones that are – believable in terms of reflecting real life like uh, nice. most of my villains are like okay i could see this being a person in so real life. like okay. luke's then yeah right um being a person in real life and also um i think there's probably some room for just the way some of these characters a lot of mine uh they tend to be characters who you almost want to believe if that makes sense mm. like so a lot i think a lot of your villains are ones that are like I'm evil and they're kind of willing to admit it whereas a lot of mine are sort of not and so therefore it's kind of one of those things where you um, are stuck um, sort of wondering about them I guess if that makes sense mm. so okay so to start then um, number five for me is um, Frank Costello played by Jack Nicholson in The Departed oh so, yes. okay um, so this one so this one is w oh, probably a weird one because a lot of people tend to go for The Shining with Jack Nicholson yes. and being a villain I, th I thought you were going to say that in a second and I was like oh okay yeah no, so I'm going with this one um, the reason I actually go with him I go with him for a couple of reasons He's just like a dirtbag. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, so the thing about his character in The Shining is he's really scary in The Shining. He does right. a great job. Right. But the thing about it is, effectively, the overlook takes over him, and that's why he's so terrible. Right. Whereas he's just, just an awful human being <laughs> in, in The Departed. Yes. And that's what makes him so believable to me. Yes. Is he's just like, he's just terrible. Like, you want this, like, sick person to just yeah. like you want him to be gone you want yeah. him to be out of this movie and the other reason i give it to him is because i don't know if you guys know the story but the scene um the scene where he's like trying to figure out the sort of mole or the rat right yes. in his group and he's at he's at the table uh, i think he's having lunch or something with leonardo dicaprio's character and he pulls the gun on him mm -hmm. that wasn't actually planned in the movie so that reaction that Leonardo DiCaprio gives is raw. Oh, Jack wow. Nicholson brought a real gun to the set wow. and pulls it on him in that scene. Wow, um, this man. is what I read anyway. Okay. And pulls it on him in that scene, um, and it wasn't scripted. Wow. So. Very nice. Oh, okay, so that's, um, so that's my number five. Um, number four, because I felt that this actor needed mentioning because he just does such a good job and everything. Bill the Butcher Cutting. This Ooh, is at, uh, yeah. from um, Gangs, Gangs of New York. New York. Yeah. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. He was yes. good. So man. part of the reason I give him, uh, part of the reason he's on this list for me is because I actually d saw that movie and didn't know until years later that that was Daniel Day-Lewis. So that's great, great um, acting by yeah. him. So he Absolutely. is just incredible acting. Like yes. What? So, yeah, someone was Baby, like, seriously? Seriously. Come <laughs> on, dude. Someone was like, someone was like. How old are you when you saw that? Like three? No. <laughs> I was I was probably um, I was probably like thirteen or fourteen when I saw that okay movie. all right thirteen yeah. or fourteen when I saw the movie and I knew yeah. Daniel Day Lewis like I I love um, Last of the Mohicans yeah yeah so like yes. I knew Daniel Day Lewis yeah. I'd watched movies of his wow. I watched that whole movie hating this character but this like this whole idea of it being that time period and him being this sort of character it, it's totally yep. believable to me yes that's yep. actually two Scorsese movies in a row as well okay. so maybe Scorsese <laughs> just true. does a good job of that as an actor but yes. I watched that movie. 
hitting him the entire time. He was he was really brutal. Yeah, and yeah. then and then a like very, a very like, realistic bully of a person yeah. like yeah. that would totally believable especially, that he would be. Especially with Cameron, especially nowadays. with his kid with Cameron Diaz and like and then she showed like the scar like yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's disgusting. Yeah. So he's disgusting, but again, to me, he represents uh, a person that I could totally believe would exist. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. kind of like Woody Harrelson's guy. Was. Yes. yes, right, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right, absolutely. Okay. So, so he does a great job of that. But yeah, I, I saw that. I like someone years later was like, oh yeah, Daniel Day Lewis is so great in Gangs in New York, and I was like. Who is he playing? Gang? Oh, <laughs> they were like, he's the oh, butcher, baby. That's that's one, baby. Like, Listen, baby, that's one where you where you sit there and you go, maybe I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I know. I might lose credibility. Well, okay, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, we did have we did have the internet at this point, so I didn't actually say in conversation who did he play. Oh, I okay. went and and clicked IMDb, and okay. I was like, you were saved. He was the butcher. <laughs> Hawkeye was the butcher. Yeah, <laughs> say it ain't so. So that one, uh, that number one, four. So number yeah, that one's my number four. Number three, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal oh, Lecter. Oh, okay. can we talk? Yeah. Let's Hannibal talk. Hannibal Lecter. Let's talk. So um, Hannibal Lecter, I love because of the way he yes. is so intelligent, but he he's so suave. Like he just yes. like he's like got all this classical training. He's yes. just he, he's this person who epitomizes yes. intelligence, yes. intellect. But I love the representation of Hannibal Lecter of because uh, we live in a society that prioritizes intellectualism, yes, right, and education, yeah, which right. I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, right. But um, when you do that, um, when you do that and that alone, right, it, it, it and you see the way it corrupts someone, right. Yes, this this super intelligent character, right, um, it, is sort of is sort of versed in all things that are highly cultural. Yes, um, and yet he's eating people. Yes, and so I love yes. that. Yes. And then I also and you I believe like you could see somebody being like that exactly. in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. well, I always I think, I think it's well, I think they it's are a, like that. Right. But I think yeah. it's a, just a great representation of what intellectualism does without the fear of the Lord. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. That's so a great I think, point. I think it's a perfect. Yeah. And I also I also can't I, you know, I can't pass up Beth's character because the scene where he like bites his nose and then wears his face. Yes. To get away, oh. Just oh my that oh. scene in and of itself. Uh, I think and I, I think uh, that the uh, best scene uh, in place. that movie is, and I think I told you this before, but I think the best scene in that movie is when we're introduced to him, and you're walking, you, and you've never seen the movie before, and you're, and they're walking yeah. through the, uh, the insane asylum, and you see all these crazy people, and they're acting like how you think insane people exactly, would, yeah, would, would, and and so you're like, okay, who's this Hannibal guy? You know, he's gonna be jumping around like a like a monkey, like the rest of these guys mm-hmm. on, on their beds and stuff like that, you know, and then you and then you walk up to his his you know cell. And he's just standing there all nice and straight, and he's got a smile on his face. And, and it's not like this, like, hey, I'm crazy smile. It's like I'm perfectly sane individual yeah. smile. And, like, I, I'm so happy that you're here. And it was so off-putting. And you knew right away, okay, we're dealing with a different type yeah. of villain here. This is not like the rest of the, like, yeah. you know, Tourette's syndrome people like you would expect. Like, yeah. this guy is in a category all of his own yep. and it was instantly terrifying just looking that's at him. true and you you could tell too by um um clarice could tell yes yes she right. bad him too she yeah. was like okay this guy's different yes well that's i think that's something that's so again so interesting about him too is that there's uh, there's a lot of villains i don't know there's a lot of times where good movie villains make you do this where or, or maybe good writing makes you do this but a villain's something's happening on screen and you're like how do you not see this happening like how do you not understand that this villain is doing that right right, right. but hannibal lecter when like when i watch silence of the lambs i'm like i would be totally fooled by this guy yes exactly like, like in, a nor- in a yes. natural setting I'd yes. be, i'm like oh i'd like this guy the character was so great that i was going man i wish i could talk to him i yeah. bet you i could fool him and all that kind of stuff but then you think about it you're like no way there's yeah. no way yeah. <laughs> and, but he's, no way 
and he also so he's also he he represents like what we idealize yes. as, uh, in many ways as a society, which is always really interesting too, because then he's eating people. So yeah, so um, so I just <laughs> so he's, he there. deserves he, also eats he deserves people. a mention, and he's I was really conflicted over him on where to put him on this list. Okay, because he he fights with number two, which is going to be the Joker. Okay. So okay. Which one? Joker's my number two. Oh, Heath Ledger Joker. Oh, yes. okay. No right, question. Right, right. No yeah, question so, about so that. So I, I, I had him on the list too, and I was I was that was a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger Joker. Amusing. My guy. Amusing. Yes. Ruthless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. But he and Heath Ledger Joker uh, specifically was what I was kind of leading up to with what I said at the beginning of this too about that character who is absolutely abhorrent, but in the same sense, like I, when he's supposed to be this opposite of Batman. He's supposed to be like Batman stands for justice and righteousness. Right. Yes. And then we see the Joker and we're supposed to be like, eh. but that movie you're kind of like, and maybe, I mean, maybe Chris Nolan does this and maybe Batman's just not as interesting. Cause he definitely, I think, I think Christian Bale gets outplayed by Heath Ledger in that movie. For sure. So, uh, can we, can no question. Yeah. Can we so, talk? So, yeah. I mean, so maybe that's it too, but, there's so much about the Joker's ideology about society that you almost like kind of believe that you're kind of like, you're kind of with him at the end of the movie, not like in all the really insane ways necessarily, but there's a lot of like, when I watched that movie, there was a lot of me that was like, he, his analysis about society is really kind of on point, even yes. though obviously he goes about <laughs> it in a way I would never. So yeah. yes, <laughs> right. I don't know. He's very convincing. I guess I, I, yeah. the, the greatest description of the Joker of his character was given by Michael Caine. You know, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so yeah. um, Heath Ledger embodied that. You know, this inexplicable desire for chaos because it's the it's an antithetical to to Batman, who has an inexplicable desire to see justice done, yeah. and to see order. Mm-hmm. And then you have the the bad guy with an inexplicable desire to see chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, the two are, are completely opposed. Mm-hmm. And Heath Ledger just did a great job of relaying that. I have no purpose here except to destroy any semblance of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, just a quick point too about that one. Like when I was thinking about Heath Ledger's Joker, I thought about, man, you could have an, uh, and and I thought about doing this, but I couldn't, but you could have a separate category of what do good villains do? Yeah. And I think one good thing good villains do, and you can have a category of movie villains that, that act like this is, the audience almost goes to see them before yeah. they go see the yeah. the, the, the main hero. Yeah, so. true. certainly true of that movie. Yes, People went true. to see it because they wanted to, to see, see the Joker. Joker. I think they yes. went to see it because because ba- he like Batman. Um, Batman Begins is really good, so yeah. I went to see it for Batman, and you came out kind of <laughs> excited about the Joker. So. Yes. Plus, he saw there's death throughout that. You know what I mean? It's like that added all kinds of fuel. Yeah. That's I true. Felt. But that's I mean, true. that's one where that's I went. And I'm like, I, I'm excited to see a new Joker. Because we haven't seen a good one since Jack Nicholson, really, yeah. back then. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Jack Nicholson wasn't even good. It was he just was different. I think. It was just I different. think. I actually think Jack Nicholson does a good job. but yeah. Obviously, I think Heath Ledger is superior. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't okay. think he's, he's he's the anarchist Joker. That's true. Um, and I yes. think, and I, I do think that he's uh, far superior to anything else we've seen on. This yeah, I think a guy so. died because of it. For goodness' sake. Yeah, that's yes. true too. So <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why uh, he's on this list. Too. You know, you, the, I've seen that meme on the internet too, uh, going around of the different types of Jokers. You know, and and Heath Ledger was the anarchist, but you know what? At the end of the day, that's the one that's most like the Joker. The character of the Joker is yeah. is is desire to see chaos, to remove any semblance of order from the yeah. world. 
And we're going to go back to this really quick because it, it ties into my point for number one. Okay. okay. So number one, um, I have Anton Chigurh ah. uh, from No Country for Old Men. He was an honorable mention for me. I took him off. Yeah. So so I have oh, Anton there. Wow. I have Anton there because I see that movie in a way um, that I think you can also maybe see um, The Dark Knight in as well. Um, but the reason I, I love that character so much um, and just love that the book and the movie um, is that he is like a symbolic representation of some people. A lot of people call him the Grim Reaper. Right. But I call it like he's uh, to me, he's a symbolic representation of the devil. Mm-hmm. And so like and mm-hmm. and you have Tommy Lee's Tommy Lee Jones's character is supposed to kind of like symbolize God in this scenario. Right. And then um, what's the actor who plays? Uh, uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Brolin. Thank you. Llewellyn Moss. Yeah, and Josh Brolin is sort of like representative of humanity. Right? Yes. And sort of being caught, right? And sort of in the in between there. But I I think Anton Chigurh gets it for me because every scene he enters, you feel helpless about. There's like no like fighting back. There's like nothing in that movie where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, the forces of good are like are gonna kick this guy's butt. He shows up and he just like, yeah. and you're done. Like yeah. that was it. And so, um, which, and I don't know. So to me, that feeling of helplessness, there's not many villains that really ca- characterize that for yes. me. Like there, there's, you're always like, you always like have hope. Yes. And in that movie, you just don't like, right. like Those, he shows up with uh, like Woody Harrelson's yes. character, right? Yeah. Like Woody, Woody Harrelson's supposed to be this like crazy, um, agent who, you know, yeah. like he assassinates people and he's yeah. supposed to be really good at his job and he just gets like destroyed. Yes. Like there's no like, oh, they like, they fight or there's, there's no like shootout or anything like that. There's no struggle. He just like walks into no his struggle. room and you're just like, oh, he's done. And I don't know. So there's, so there's that helplessness. But then to tie that back to the Joker as well, the, um, I see them both as sort of being representative, representative of like, um, the devil, I guess, okay. in that sense, yes. um, if that wow. makes sense. Because yeah, makes a lot be- of sense. specifically, I tie that back to the Joker as well because of Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. Because Harvey Dent is sort of representative of man in that to me, right? And so, so like Harvey, so Harvey Dent sort of like is is sort of pushed by the devil, the Joker, mm-hmm. and then you know, and that's when he like becomes really um, sort of like goes crazy, right, and becomes Two Face. Does that make sense? So. In both of those, I think that it's really kind of interesting to see the play out between three characters, um, one that sort of represents like ultimate good and one that sort of represents ultimate evil. And then like this character that's in between um, and sort of is pressure and the pressure is sort of put on them by evil and the way they sort of crumble to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Good list, man. Yeah. Uh, who are your honorable mentions? Okay, so uh, Some honorable mentions. Um, my first honorable mention is John Fitzgerald from The Revenant. So I he so he and um, what a great character. Yeah, I remember Luke, I remember Luke coming back from the theater going, dude, Leo, Leo was great, but Tom Hardy and yeah, that Tom was Hardy's awesome. I remember show. Luke, Luke Luke came back and was like he was I re- really I really wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to win an Oscar that year, so I was happy he finally yeah, got his Oscar yeah. after all these chances. But Tom Hardy deserved the nomination <laughs> and the Oscar. I he just that's he true. Just, that's just, true. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right yeah. about that. His. I mean, I, I don't know I, of all. I mean, I'm disappointed in that film because of all the great performances by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, this is the one he gets the Oscar yeah. for, and he just looked helpless and confused yeah. for for three hours. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm not saying it's easy to do that. Yeah. But I, I just feel like you know, I mean, it wasn't exactly the most dynamic character yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know, he is definitely his performance in The Departed was a lot better. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's other movies. Uh, um, uh, uh, Blood Diamond. Can we yeah. talk? Yeah. You know, was a lot better. Yeah. You know, yeah. he should have won the Oscar for those. Yeah. And 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 this is the one he wins for. I was disappointed that the Oscar. First off. 
DiCaprio should have gotten like three or four Oscars before he got this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the Oscar, as you said, should have gone to yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah, I wow. think I think Tom Hardy deserved that Oscar. And I, I just uh, again, Tom Hardy's character for um, Fitzgerald is so believable in that. Again, I'm like this would totally be a person, and just the way he talks, he's constantly like the way he's talking about the way life has treated him, and uh, I just I actually watched that movie and watched him. And cringe because I actually had a coworker who reminded me a lot like him. Like if this, if my coworker was put in this situation, would be like exactly the same way. <laughs> and so for me, That's it was so. Bad. It was so, uh, no. He's yeah. This coworker <laughs> was not a good, uh, a good person. So, um. So I was kind of I don't know. Watching that movie is just was so believable to wow. me what he did, um, and the way he portrayed that character. Um, I was like, okay, this makes sense for a character. Um, so that's a one honorable mention. The other one I was going to go to is. Um, Hal 9000 from 2001 A Space, Space Odyssey. Odyssey. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so um, Hal, Hal um, wow. really also competed for my list because I think that Hal is the best representation of technology gone wrong. We see that a lot through cinema, right? Yes. So, I mean, yeah. we've seen, like, the Terminator, yes. right? Um, yes. Um, and there's, um, iRobot. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, I ro- actually, yeah. iRobot and that movie are a really good comparison because um, iRobot does sort of the same thing, the sort of big computer mega base at yes. the end. She yes. comes to the logical conclusion. Yes. Okay, this is what humanity is, so this is how yeah. we have to act. Right? right. But you're saying that Hal did it first. Well, Hal not only did it first, he does it better. Oh. Um, to me, he's far scarier, probably because they, like – they fight and then they win. Like Will Smith and the robot, like fight and win. Oh yes, right. and right. like and Dave is so helpless. Like how uh-huh. open the pod bay doors. I'm sorry, Dave. Like he just right. It, it, right. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No I, shot. I can't do that. And yes. so he's just he's totally like there's no feeling with Hal. Like it's just like it's pure logic, which to me is like what we would get if we ever had like technology take over. <laughs> that would be like like see, he he's the best. He's probably listening right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> the cloud is the cloud is is targeting the three of us. I've put you. It's in funny you said cloud. Tavington was an honorable mention for me. Yeah. If I were to honorable mention somebody, I actually yes. circled. I, I circled one was Tavington, one was Sid, and because uh, I thought Tavington was really good. What was the other one? Oh, Gaston. Gaston. Oh, I put Gaston because yeah. I really the funny so, and ruthless. He stabbed yes. us, shot the beast. I even put Madame Mim on here. I don't know how I got that. <laughs> Madame Mim. Madame Mim. Yeah, I think it's a stretch. <laughs> I think I totally looked at this differently than you guys because I didn't think Disney at all. But I also wasn't sure if Disney's anim- got some great I, ones. I, didn't, I also well, wasn't I mean, sure. I wasn't well, sure if animated movies were allowed or not. So I didn't well, see, I, I think you you yeah. look at, you're looking at the the actually the the greatest representation of of villains here because I said you either when it comes to villains. What makes a great villain is either you love them, like what you did. You you you're saying I love these characters, mm-hmm. um, and and those were all on your list. Dove was came down to him. What scared him the most, and me, I came down to who I hated the most. Yeah. So we actually had the yeah. the trifecta well, of. Yeah, it's true. actually I mean, pretty convenient. Actually, and a lot of mine too. It's like I, I said, there's I a love sermon the, in there. I love funny, and then click. Right. Something happens. Yeah. And now they're just bloodthirsty. I don't right. know. I just think it makes a great villain. Right. It came down to me who I hated. Came down to you who you're afraid of. Came down to you who you loved. So. Um, so okay. Um, do you have any more honorable no, mentions? No, those were my honorable mentions. I okay. Yeah. Now I'll start the exit music. All right. Cool. Okay. We're exiting. Well, that yeah, that wraps up our uh, our podcast for today. Wonderful. Yeah, that's the whole kit and caboodle, folks. The uh, the cat poop smell went away. Oh, throughout the evening, I felt. 
I think you just got used to it, right? Maybe I think the, okay, all the so still all smells. the hot air in my basement you know kind maybe of that's got rid because, of it. Maybe that's because we haven't changed the cat litter in about a month. Maybe that'll do it. Yeah, that will do it. No wonder she wants to go outside all the time. <laughs> I would just probably keep her outside and never let her back in. Anyway, next month, folks, this is what we're going to be looking at uh, for the uh, list. Three times that you wish you could change movie history, and I'm not oh. talking about I'm not talking about I would stop this director from making this movie. Mm. I'm talking about you could go into the screen and stop whatever injustice was about to happen three times. It doesn't have to be in order. Like, I missed time more than that time. Just give me three times where you wish you could go into the silver screen and stop the injustice that was about to happen. Yeah. We'll be talking about that next month. Thanks for listening. This has been Streetwise Theology broadcasting with the agents of the silver screen. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.